Happy 2016, everybody. Hope you're doing great. We're back with the next up podcast. We're not a one-year wonder. Well, we've been doing this since 2014, haven't we? Has it been 2014? And you know what? I totally conf- uh, forgot the confetti. Oh, I, man. I meant to bring some here, and it was going to be a party, but... Uh, uh, that's okay. If everybody could pretend to see confetti, that would be great. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm Jonathan Pearson. With me, as always, is the wonderful, talented Dustin Bates. Oh, you flattered me. Thank you. Uh, really, we are ready and uh, rearing to go. And uh, just a little humorous point, we uh, were halfway through this podcast already and realized mm. that our recording was not working. And so... And I have a confession to make, folks. That was probably... It, pro- not even probably. That was the best podcast known to man. But it, uh, it will never be. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Sorry that you missed out on that uh, wisdom. But we will try to uh, have the second best here you like for if, you today. If a podcast gets recorded in the woods and nobody's there, is it really a podcast? Mm, yeah. Thank you um, on that one. But anyway, today we're going to be talking about being patient in the pasture. Uh, five keys to uh, fulfilling your calling. Um, well, in a couple of podcasts ago, we kind of hit on this a little bit. What do you do when you're in that spot of, of being groomed or of waiting for where God's called you to go, where you know he's called you to go? And so we're going to look at the life of David from the Bible, from the Old Testament. If you don't know the story, maybe you can verse yourself on it. Um, but we're going to try to kind of walk through that with you because I think there's some things we can take as David is, is waiting to place, take his place as king and throughout his life that we as young leaders can look at while we're wherever we are and mm-hmm. so that... In the meantime, while we're kind of waiting it out, we can be faithful and do what God has uh, called us to do. And so to get us started off, number one is to be faithful in the field. If you remember the story, Samuel's about to, or wanting to anoint the, the king, and um, David had some brothers, they're all there, but yet he is out still in the field with his stinky sheep. I think that would give me um, some family issues if... Uh... If a guy came around and said, all right, one of your kids is going to be a millionaire. Can you bring out all of your children? And my dad goes, yes, and forget about me. I, and, I, and I'm the youngest. He should be the baby, I would imagine. Yeah. I, it, it definitely, you definitely talk about that with a counselor later in life. I would, I would think so. I think it's one of those things that's going to follow you for a little while. Um, but, but the idea here is that even though David was, was left out in the field, while the rest of the brothers were, were appearing in this lineup to be the next king, he was still faithful. I think it's so difficult at times for us as young leaders to remain faithful to the task at hand when we see such a clear picture of where God's taking us, where we want to go. And so it's 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 hard to get caught up in those what seem like remedial tasks, what seems like that same projects over and over again that we're being asked to lead. But the call for us as we wait is to be faithful where we are, to be consistent, to consistently show up, to consistently give our best, to consistently deliver, to, to, um, to continue to show up to work, to continue to lead people, to love people. We have to be faithful in the field, even when it seems like everybody else is appearing before the one that's about to anoint the next king. Yeah, because I do wonder with the story if maybe, I know we kind of joke about it, but somebody had to keep the sheep. Everybody couldn't leave, you know, and I'm assuming as he's the youngest, clearly he probably was, he wasn't going to be the first in line. You know, that's generally not how things work in that culture, and so it probably made a lot of sense. David, you're the youngest. You're still a boy. Sure. Stay here. Keep the sheep because this is our livelihood. All of us won't be the king, so we still need to have something uh, to put food on the table. And I think with us, as in our generation more so than, than any other, is that our competition is no longer just local. You know, it's not just 
the people at your work, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, in-laws or siblings or something like that. Yeah, it's global scene. Anybody that you can become connected to, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg is my age, and he owns half of a Hawaiian island, I think it is, or something now. Well, you know, it's it's so easy to see the the sometimes instant, in some cases, almost success, overnight, you know, Cinderella stories that we hear, to be, compa- you know, compare ourselves to those things and think, man, I'm... I'm, I'm missing out. I, I have to. I have to move on from this place, which may be the very place that God needs you to be, so you can move on to someplace else that's going to be a little more glamorous, a little more noticeable. Where in reality, God's not not ready for you there. What would have happened had all the brothers appeared before Samuel? No, 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 no. All right, we'll go get your other one. And David not have been faithful in the field. What if he had gone somewhere else? Exactly. What if he went they wouldn't have found him. That's what I would have done. Yeah. If he would have gone into the woods and found it, they would not have found probably him. Probably would have been kicking a rock down by a stream, writing me a sonnet or something. That's probably what, actually, that's what David Skipping rocks. might have would have been. Probably was writing a psalm or something. If he know. had jeans, they were skinny. And, um, uh, but, I mean, had he not been there when they went to go get him, he would have never been king. But because he was faithful in the they field really where his dad left him. Because he was faithful, then when it was time for him to get anointed, um, they they could find him. Which brings us to, to point number two, patient, being patient uh, in the pasture. Uh, if, as the story continues, David eventually comes before Samuel. Samuel anoints David to be the next king. And then something kind of weird happens. He immediately goes back out into the pasture with the smelly sheep. And so I think as young leaders, when we do have a clear picture of the future, and and let's be honest, some of us have been promised things by senior leaders, by the people around us. You're going to do this. You're going to be this. You're going to be great. It's really easy to get impatient. But like David, we have to sit and wait. I think it's different from being faithful in the field because being faithful in the field is an active thing. It means I show up day after day. Being patient in the pasture is sometimes just being willing to sit and wait on your chance to do what you know you need, what you're going to do. That's right. And I think, uh, especially with the story, but uh, in our lives, uh, being patient is saying no to some things, which could, in. Seem, you know, seem great. Seem great. I mean, you know, why would you say, oh my gosh, why would you say no there? Why would you want to stay there? Why would you, you know, not want to go work for this guy? Or why would you want to keep working for that guy? Or whatever, whatever it may be. Um, but if you know in your heart of hearts, and of course, you know, as, as pastors, I certainly do believe that God is directing us that, that oftentimes it is within those decisions that if you choose to say yes, you may be choosing a good thing, but you're missing out on the greater thing. Because I'm sure David could have prematurely said, you know what, I'm king now. This is mine. It's been promised by, by God and by his prophet. And, you know, I've got the, the greasy hair from the anointing oil to prove it. So I'm going to go take on Saul today. And you know what, that may have been the end of, of, of David. But because he was patient, he was able to learn what needed to be learned to, uh, to ultimately get where he needed to go. Well, I mean, I think in one of the common stories of, of David is the story of, of Saul and David, where, where David has the opportunity to basically kill Saul, but he doesn't do it. I think a lot of times as young leaders, we have opportunities to step on and over people. Mm. Um, and that's not being patient where you are. Because, over. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's not the way God's called you to get to where you, where you need to go. But in the moment, those things may make sense because we may be thinking, finally, it's my moment. Because we're standing there with dripping oil on our head. That's right, because this has been promised to me. But, but until God um, moves us or, or you know, nothing 
gained through manipulation and, and yeah. all that is. And, and I think I think all of these apply to the the older person too. Not the older person. You're not old, okay? You're not old. You're just older than the young leader. The more weathered, leathery people. Yes, yes. The um, the 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 experienced wise people. This applies mm-hmm. to you too because mm-hmm. I mean you have to get up and use the bathroom more than twice and twice in the night. This applies to you as well. Those people. Or, you think we're being more or less offensive at this point? Probably more. We probably need to move, move it along. <laughs> maybe, maybe move anyway, along. all of you, even if you are old, it, this applies to you as well because you still need to wait and be patient where you are because getting where you're going is not going to happen and honor God at the same time if you do it in the wrong way. So faithful in the field, patient in the pasture, and then brave in the bush. If we look at the story a little more right before David is going to kill Goliath, we see this story thing about that David was fighting in lions and bears when they would attack his sheep. And so I think there's moments as young leaders where we have to be brave. We have to be willing to have tough conversations. We have to be um, willing to stand up where we have made a call, even if it's not the ultimate call as a senior leader. But we have to be willing to be brave. And brave is being brave is one of those things I think we all think we are until we actually have to display it. That's right. Yeah, nobody admit, readily admits, yeah, I'm a coward. Yeah, until the lion shows up, most of us probably think we can fight the lion, whatever that lion might be. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using that just as a metaphor. But most of us think we're brave until we have to show up. But that bravery is actually built while you're in the pasture. Well, like I think, that, I think that, that key word, though, bravery is built. You can't claim to be brave if you have never been through anything that calls you to test your bravery. And I think bravery is probably built little by little, too. Yeah. That's why it's important that we take these smaller steps up instead of going right to the top, which some people can do. But for the most of us, we need these little these little steps so that we can be brave in the moment, brave in the moment, and gradually get bigger. So it won't swallow us later as we're, as, as we're about to fight Goliath. Had, had that been his first moment to be brave, he would have peed his pants yeah. instead of actually being willing to fight. Well, even with that, bravery... Which he could have peed his pants anyway. I think, I think that bravery comes from confidence because a bravery knows that you can win. Um, if you just go up against things willy-nilly and you don't have the skill because there certainly was skill involved, you know, I, I don't think it was that David had some super macho punch and he was, you know, channeling, uh, you know, Bruce Lee 2,000 years early. I think there was you know, there's certainly skill involved. I mean, he hit Goliath in the head with a rock. I can't do that. I've tried. tried to shoot birds all my life with uh, slingshots. Not a very good shot. But being brave, those being confident in the skill that you have attained while out in the bush, out in the field, out, out, you know, winning some challenges, failing, finding your limits. Otherwise, if you go up against things just anticipating you'll always win, that's just foolishness. And ultimately, not only will you fail, but those around you could get hurt very badly too. Yeah, bravery is, is built and it's displayed in the moment. Confidence and cockiness, I think, will be the difference. If David was just cocky, he could have cost the entire kingdom their freedom. But bravery came from the confidence because he knew that God had his back and he had the skill to do what was necessary. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, thinking thinking about that, uh, as leaders, the higher up we get, the more influence we're going to have over the organization based on our decisions. The more make or break yeah. it's going to be, and so that confidence is important to be built over a long period of time. That bravery. Yeah as opposed to just being cocky and going to get yourself And I certainly, personally, I want to follow a brave leader, not a foolish, reckless, overconfident leader, but a leader that knows his limits but also knows that we can push hard and that 
great things can happen as long as we're willing to work and learn the skills necessary to get there. But over cocky people are, are, are brash and dangerous, and we don't need to be those kind of leaders because people one day, as a leader, by definition means that people are counting on you, and we don't have um, that kind of flexibility. We have to, sure. have so, to be brave. So, Dustin, I bring to you a very biblical question. Mm. Why did David pick up more than one stone? Hmm. Souvenirs? Yeah. What if they have a gift shop? <laughs> maybe, maybe so. David David and Goliath gift shop. Maybe so. Maybe that's how he paid his, paid his meal. If you would like to answer that, Adolf. Probably for, for uh, uh, what is it, when you sign, you sign your name? Autograph. I bet he autographed those jokers. Yeah, probably did. He probably that's did. confidence right there, baby. And auction on eBay. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have... If it's, you, like, if, it's like printing the shirts before you win the championship <laughs> or something. <laughs> that's just a foreign country just, No, that's right. <laughs> but if you would like to answer that age-old question for us, you drop us drop us an email. You can email me at jonathan at jonathanpearson.net. I would love to hear what, you're th- what you think. Maybe he just like rocks. Maybe it was one for the sling, four for collection. Maybe they're all in his way. I mean, I've collected rocks before. Yeah. Very short-lived. All right, we're, we're doing a podcast here. Let's sorry. move on. All right, so the fourth one is, um, uh, well, Brave in the Bush and then Sorry in Sin. If you move the story a little, along a little bit more, we see um, David. He's hanging out one day. He should have been at war. And um, he sees Bathsheba bathing on top of her roof. He mm. goes, bah for Bathsheba, mm. calls her over, sleeps with her. Um, that was much more common than for her to be bathing on the roof. But he sleeps with her. But then we see... You don't bathe on the roof? No, I don't. I don't wonder. I guess I don't bathe. Strange, strange looks. <laughs> and so, anyway, we see this after he's he's committed adultery. There's some consequences to pay, but we see a very repentant David. I think a lot of times while we're waiting, it's really easy for us when we make a decision if it's the wrong one, mm-hmm. or if we do something and it's the wrong one, or if we if we treat somebody and it's the wrong way, or if we're dishonoring to our senior leader. It's really easy for us to try to cover up those sins, whereas which David tried to do at first, but it's really easy for us to kind of scramble and kind of tie this web together and try to cover up because we don't want to admit we're wrong because we're young and we're not confident yet. But it's really important for us to admit our sin, admit where we messed up so that we can move forward. Uh, One of the things I try to remember even just personally and whether it's as a husband or a father or or a son or as a leader is that the lie of unrepentance is that if people know, you will lose it all. But the reality is, is that more is always lost out of found out unrepentance rather than sure. willing repentance. Yeah. You know, there's always more at stake. So the, although it may be a blow, you know, and, and I think there's always that with nobody will ever find out, nobody will get hurt, or, or even just accepting the fact that, that we were wrong and maybe it's something that everybody does know, but, you know, you claim that it wasn't your fault or, you know, it, it, you know. You couldn't help it or anything like that. Whatever, whatever that that sin or that action or whatever it may be, maybe it was mouthing off at somebody, and you know, you know that maybe they you felt like they deserved it. But in reality, as a leader, we have to always watch ourselves. That more is always lost from unrepentance than from repentance. And I think we sell ourselves short when we fail to say we're sorry. Mm-hmm. I think there's nothing that builds um, a sense of togetherness and relationship faster than admitting that you're wrong. Because people see you as being real. People see uh, immediately that they can identify with you. Um, and so being sorry is don't it, to try to cover that up would be to miss a huge opportunity. <laughs> because here's the, here's the truth, folks. If you're a leader, people know what you've done wrong. Trust me, they're talking about it. To they're already talking about it. It's better for you to say I'm sorry and admit it 
than try to hide it up and ignore it. Because I assure you that it was something against somebody or against them as a staff or whatever it may be. They know and are fully aware. Plus, plus, you know, repentance also gives the idea that we're trying to, to do, to, to do better next good. time. Otherwise, we'd just come across as being arrogant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the f- fifth thing is being humble in heart. Mm-hmm. I think um, as we look at the life of David, I think humility often shines through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's important for us as we're waiting out in the pasture as young leaders to be humble in heart. And I know, I know, I know it's, it's difficult at times whether you're willing to admit it or not because you have a high calling, you're gifted, you have great things to do, you have great uh, things in your future but remain humble because God honors, honors a humble heart, just like he did mm-hmm. David. Uh, I'm going to have to put on my pastor hat here, so if you're not too big into all that, you can uh, you can stop listening here or uh, or bear with me for a moment. But I think the thing that set David apart, you know, he had a lot of skill, I think a lot of leadership ability. Clearly he was a he was a fighter and he was passionate. He, you know, uh, wrote most of the Psalms and all those great things. But... When you look at his life, the pattern was, whether it was in sin, whether it was in times of calamity outside of his control, or whether it was in good times, he was always so quick to come before the Lord, and he recognized that that's where his forgiveness, his hope, his salvation, and his future came from. And I think that is what allowed him to do all of these things, all of this Patientness, all of you know this, or patientness, patience. patience, all of this faithfulness, all of this bravery. It all came through this filter of knowing that he was following somebody else's lead, that somebody else was in control, and that he didn't have to make it happen. He didn't have to to try to manipulate Saul out of his kingdom, even though it was promised to him anyway. He didn't have to, you know, go to war about it. He certainly made a lot of mistakes, but he certainly he knew where his where his forgiveness came from, and I think that. Ultimately, that humble heart of knowing that it's not about us, it's not about our great calling and looking good, it's not about being the guy on the billboard or on the radio and all this kind of stuff like that, it's being humble and doing what God has called us to do. Yeah, absolutely. If you missed those five or you didn't get to write them down or you, or you want those, those are, those are in the show notes. We'll, we'll certainly do that. And so in closing, I think if I'm going to kind of recap one more of these, I think, Dustin, what stands out to me most is how repentant David eventually got is mm-hmm. to be sorry. And I think as, as leaders, it's so easy for us because we're the leader to feel like we can't admit where we messed up. And so as, as a young person, as even an experienced leader, be willing to say you're sorry. Sure, there's certain things that disqualify you for certain things if you do them or if you mess up. But in the, in the long run, saying you're sorry, being repentant, always, always comes out better for you in the long run. That's Any good. final thoughts for you, Dustin? Uh, well, all of them, really. I'm going to go through each one of them one by one. and uh, kind of. No, I, I definitely think just just be faithful. Man, It's I know it's hard out there. I know it's, uh, it's easy to, to judge yourself based off of other success. I know it's easy to push ourselves. I think we are much more driven than even popular culture will give us. Um, you know, I think there's a you know, kind of a lie out there that most millennials are still sitting on the parents' couches playing video games and watching, you know, The Price is Right or something. Say like by the that. bell. Say by the bell or something like that. Or where, you know, but, but I, I, you know, most most of, of, of my peers were very driven, uh, want to be successful. And I think in all reality, because we have the access 
had the potential to do such incredible things, you know, for the Lord, for our communities, for our families. It's so great to be so connected to so many different types of people. So we're not going to be as one dimensional as previous generations, but that cannot come if we don't learn to be faithful because as soon as the hard storm comes in life, and they will come, not, not if, but when they come, we have to have learned that principle now or otherwise it will destroy us. Yeah. Just be patient. Your time as king is coming. You've been anointed. Right. You've been set apart to do great things. Be faithful. Be brave. Be repentant. Be bold. Be humble. Be bold. And we're going to change this world. Y'all have a great month, and we will see you next month. Adios.